0: If you are under construction and committed to living life like it matters, you have found a home. Check us out on Facebook, where we post new shows every day, facebook.com slash LIM radio. For information on my transformational leadership training, where I teach you how to live life like it matters, go to likeitmatters.net. And if you have a spiritual appetite, Check out my daily devotional with some wisdom from above at wayofwarrior.blog. That's wayofwarrior.blog. The time is now to live life like it matters. So welcome to the world of Mr. Black. Welcome to the world of Mr. Black. I am he, you are you, and the time is now. This is where we come together, you podcasters, to live our lives like it matters. This is where we come together, the listeners of my daily radio show. This is where we put it all together. I work on the one organ that never has to deteriorate, and that is our brain. And let's be honest, we live in a world today, in a country today, uh, where we're not supposed to think for ourselves where critical thinking and creative thinking and thinking on its own is basically not really cool. Today, we're supposed to just go along with a state-run media. Today, we're just supposed to agree with the deep state and whatever we're told, we're to just be good soldiers and march in place. But I want to suggest to you, that we can be far more powerful no matter what the environment this is what i want to do on these podcasts on these radio shows i want to show you just how well you're equipped and so today i want to challenge you i want to challenge you to be that element you know, there is uh, what we call presuppositions. We always have presuppositions. You call them prejudices, uh, call them whatever you want, but they are belief systems that we enter into a situation with With their presupposed. You know, as a man of God, I presuppose that God is always in control. Even when bad stuff happens, it could be used for God's glory. Why? Because of Romans 8.28. God causes all things to work for the good for those who love him or are called according to his purpose. So, see, because I'm a man of God and because I guide my life around that basis, that that is my presupposition. And so there are presuppositions in all psychologies. There are more presuppositions than people want to admit or to realize because they've been programmed to believe that's prejudice, prejudge, presuppositions. And so in Neuro Linguistic Programming, NLP, there are presuppositions, basic belief systems that we adopt as we go in uh, to the counseling mindset, if you will. And one of those is called the Law of Requisite Variety. And what it says is that an element in a system with the most flexibility has the most power. And today, I want to challenge you. To be that element see there are two things that really throws off number one's confusion and number two uh, our heart because the heart wants what the heart wants and yet we got to keep our heart in check because sometimes what the heart wants is not what's good for us and so we're gonna deal with those two things but more importantly I'm gonna bring you to an awareness Because one thing I do in the world is I do awareness training. We call it leadership training. Uh, It's the most powerful two and a half days of leadership training you could ever take. Uh, I've been doing it for 30 years. This is my 30 year anniversary. Uh, And it really is about understanding yourself, understanding others, understanding our environment. But more importantly, it's about identifying patterns. And see, there are patterns all around us. And what you got to realize is, first of all, identify the pattern, and then you ask yourself this one question. Is this pattern getting me what I want? Now, again, notice the presupposition in there. The presupposition in there is that you know what you want. And in 30 years of walking intimately with uh, successful people all over the world, I can tell you right now one thing for sure. Most people don't know what they want. Oh, but they can give you a plethora. They can give you a list of things they don't want. I don't want to be yelled at. I don't want to be in a dead end job. I don't want to be in that room with that man. I don't, I don't, I don't. But what do you want? And see, this is the key. Because when you know what you want, when you know who you are, and you know the pattern that you're in, the process that you're in, the system that you're in, ah, there is great power there. And so today, first of all, I want you to understand that there are patterns all around us. Uh, My son, Beniah, seven years old, uh, he's gifted. And what his gifting is, is he sees patterns. Uh, From the time he was a little kid, he never met a button that he didn't want to push. And he didn't push buttons just to push buttons, he pushed buttons to see what happened when he pushed the button. That's a pattern. And that's what we got to understand in the, the world. They call it epidemiology. You see patterns of disease. You see patterns that cause things. It's the cause and effect. It's the chain of causation. It's the, the, it's all about cause if a, then B. And so when you can identify this, this gives you power. Remember between the stimulus and the response, there's a space. And in that space is your freedom. It is your power. And so my background, as you know, is in neurolinguistic programming, but I bling, bling, uh, bring, I should say, many of the sciences: a cognitive behavioral therapy, a transactional analysis, a logo therapy emotional intelligence, um, you know, I, I bring it all together, multiple intelligences, uh, and I'm also a man of God, so I also have a theological component to myself, I eat scripture, I study the word of God, the original languages of Hebrew and Aramaic, uh, Greek, Greek, and so I bring you a unique take on things. I bring all the pieces together. The biology, the psychology, the sociology, uh, the theology, uh, and I wrap it up in the leadership concept because really, life's about leadership. And leadership's about the ability to move people. And that's what motivation is, the ability to move people. And when you understand people and you understand the pattern or the process, and then, man, you have great ability to make a huge impact. And again, if you think about it, Neuro Linguistic Programming, NLP, is all about patterns that's what I that's my gifting that's my son's gifting see NLP technically is the science of how the brain codes learning and experience this coding affects all communication behavior it affects how you learn and how you experience the world around you it is a key to reaching and achieving excellence so what else is NLP it's a study of structure of subjective experience it's about distinction, it's about organization. In other words, how do you put stuff together? How do you organize stuff? It's the original research, I believe, on understanding the human experience. It's like the owner's manual uh, to the human experience. It is the ability to understand human patterns. Listen, the ability to understand human patterns and to adjust those patterns so we can be as resourceful as we want to be. Remember, requisite variety. An element in a system with the most flexibility has the most power. Neuro-linguistic programming gives us the ability to understand human patterns and to adjust those patterns so we can be as resourceful as we want to be. At its core, NLP is about goals and choice. It is practical technology for the achievement of our goals and choices. It's a process to reduce everything down to how do you know? How do you know you're angry? How did you make yourself angry? How did you make yourself shut down? How do you know you're shut down? You know, NLP, like I said, is the owner's manager of the human experience. And by the way, it's not a philosophy, it's a technology. And one thing I love about NLP is it only has value in the presence of desire. And so first of all, I want to prove to you that we, there are patterns all around us that we don't even see, that we don't even notice, that we're not even aware of. And again, if you're not aware of them, then how can you do something about them? And one thing I teach in my leadership training uh, is the power of awareness. Uh, Because boy, if you can just be aware of what's going on and then understand who you are, why you're here, whose you are, what your outcome is, man, you can change the world. And so there are things out there called psychometrics. Psychometrics are a way to put people into a category. It's to understand the pattern, pattern of behavior. And it's not to pigeonhole people. It's to understand people. Because if I can understand you a little bit better and you can understand me a little bit better, doesn't make sense we're in a position to have a better relationship. And I've been doing leadership training for 30 years. So you can read about it at likeitmatters.net. I have two and a half day transformational trainings that will change your life. And people are unique, people are strange, Uh, people are different. Uh, our DNA is 99.9% the same, but we show up in different ways. And the whole purpose of psychometrics, whether you talk about the Enneagram, um, uh, the Strength Finders, the Disbehavioral Profile, um, Myers Briggs, whatever it is, it really is a way to put people into a box to understand their patterns. Not to put them in a box to be prejudiced or mean to them, but to understand. Because as a leader, the element in a system with the most flexibility has the most power and as a leader understanding these patterns gives us the most power so we can be that element we'll be right back leadership awakening impacts even the seasoned pros take a listen to these comments from kevin who recently attended leadership awakening i've struggled with a lot of things i've been in so many different trainings I thought, how hard could this be? Well, the number one thing that I gained from Leadership Awakening was another level of awareness. If you're ready to go to another level of awareness, go to likeitmatters.net. Just click on Schedule to register for the next Leadership Awakening class near you. That's likeitmatters.net. Today on the podcast of living life like it matters, we're talking about patterns, we're talking about systems, we're talking about presuppositions. One of the presuppositions for NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, is called the law of requisite variety. And what it says is that any element in a system with the most flexibility has the most power. And as a leader, I believe we are called to be that element. And one thing I use is Neuro Linguistic Programming, NLP, to help people identify the patterns. Because the reason we're getting what we're getting today is because of what we're doing. So if we don't like what we're getting, we got to change what we're doing. Let me put it a little more scholarly for you, a a little more edumacated, if you will. Let me use a smart man called Albert Einstein. And he said the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. He said that would be crazy. So what he said, the flip side of that coin is this. If you don't like the results, change the approach. As you change the approach, you change the Results. In order to change the approach, you must be aware. You must be aware of your environment, you must be aware of the pattern, and you must be aware of what is going on so that you can be that element. That element that has the most flexibility also has the most power. And right before break, we were talking about psychometrics. Psychometrics is a way to identify the behavior patterns of people. How will this person respond in this situation? What does this person like? What is the main drive of this person? It's not to pigeonhole people. It's not to prejudice people. Uh, It's not to put people in a box. It's to understand people. Why? Because it's one of the greatest commodities missing today. Oh, we want justice. Oh, we want revenge. We want reparations. But we don't want understanding. And understanding is the key, and that's what's missing. Because if I can understand you a little bit better, and you can understand me a little bit better, doesn't it make sense that we're in a position to have a better relationship? And when you understand this, And when you understand your values, who you are, why you're here, whose you are, then you'll never buy into the lie that no matter what, uh, by hook or crook. You know what by hook or crook means, right? By hook or crook means that the end always justifies the means. By hook or crook means whatever it takes. It doesn't matter. And today, we live in such a devalued world that we no longer have principles, that we just belong to teams. And then if you are on one team, then whatever the other team does is wrong, and whatever your team does is right. I mean, and this is just the reality of life. Look at the patterns. For four years, we were told that uh, uh, Donald Trump's a Russian spy. For four years, we were told that it was irrefutable proof. For four years, we were told that he's going to come out of their handcuffs. For four years, we were told 24/7 how evil this guy is and all this stuff. And then we find, kind of find out, it's all a lie. Matter of fact, we just found out that Hillary Clinton actually had IT people hack into Trump's server. And to make it look like, create an IP address to make it look like that he was interacting with the Russians. Why? To set a narrative to where he could, she could have the CIA uh, uh, a spy on him and the FBI. And then they could put that doubt in people's eyes that he's a Russian spy. So they planted the seed. They hired tech people to, to do it. They spied on him. And then thinking that once that she got elected, it would all be covered up. But the weirdest thing happened. He got elected. So then they had to basically keep the lie going and use the lie as a precipice for them destroying his presidency because he's an illegitimate president. And yet no one seems to care. All the networks, all the magazines, people got Pulitzer Prizes for writing lies. And now today we find out they're all lies. All the, uh, the John Durham is actually prosecuting and there's people in front of a grand jury and there's indictments coming down. And now none of the media will cover it. None of the media wants to know you to know that you were buying into a lie, that they were promoting a lie. And so ladies and gentlemen, this is where you got to decide who you're going to be. Do you want to be right? Or do you want to have values? Do you want to stand for something? And if something's wrong, something's wrong. That should be the pattern. It's not wrong for you, but right for me. Right? Isn't that the the thing called hypocrisy? And see, this is why we need to know people. We need to know the environment. And so I want to show you the patterns out there. You know, there are patterns. The, the psychometrics is a way to take all of humanity and put them into little categories so that you can understand them better, so that you can build rapport better, so that you can connect with them better. And the old, one of the oldest, and it goes all the way back to the Hippocratic Oath, is what's called the disbehavioral profile. And it's broken down into four behaviors, D-I-S-C, and these are patterns. This is what you gotta identify. This is my forte. This is what I'm, I'm, I'm licensed. I, 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 I teach, I promote the disbehavioral profile. I think it's the simplest uh, one available out there. And it's based on some of Dr. William Marson's research. At 1922-23, he wrote a book called The Emotions of Normal People. And in there, he went all the way back to the Hippocratic Oath, to Hippocrates, who identified basically four body types, fluids, if you will, and said that these four fluids represent four different personalities that you'll find in all people. Uh, and this is the basis for where this came from. And so what Dr. Marston did is he basically took two things, and from those two things, he created four different patterns, four different styles of behavior, if you will. And they were the DISC. Those are the four styles called DISC. And the two factors were number one, what you thought about your environment. And number two, what you thought about yourself in relation to that environment. And those two things, those two factors created these four quadrants. So you either think your environment is favorable or unfavorable. And you think yourself in relation to the environment are more powerful or less powerful. Those two things is what Marston used to separate the four personality style. So the D personality style, the dominant, the dictator, the direct one, sees their environment as unfavorable, but sees themselves as more powerful than their environment. So it's the wounded bear. You, you, you back a moose against the wall or you put a moose in a precarious position, it's going to kill you because it's a powerful creature. Now, right across from the D is the I personality. What the I and the D have in common is they both believe that they are more powerful than the environment that they're in. What they don't have in common is the D personality sees their environment as unfavorable, so they're in warrior mode, where the I personality sees their environment as favorable, so they're in the love mode. Everybody's their best friend. The movie they just saw is the best movie they've ever seen. The meal they just had is the best one they've ever had. And then you got the S personality, steady, status quo, uh, secure. Can't we all just get along, right? Supportive, stable, steady, right? They see themselves as less powerful than their environment, but they see their environment as favorable. Can't we all just get along? They're the best team members. Don't rock the boat. We don't like confrontation. And then the fourth one is the C personality where they see their environment is unfavorable and they see that their personal power is, they're less powerful than their environment. That's why they rely on data. That's why these are number crunchers, your CPAs, your engineers, uh, your pilots, right? Because, you know, when you, numbers don't lie. There are rules, and so follow the rules. These are very rule-driven people because, again, at least that gives them some control. If you know the rules, if there's a pattern in place, then that gives you some control. And so these are the four patterns that are out there, and I like it because it's easy to identify. And then you can actually see how these people function, how they operate based on these four patterns, So the D, again, is dominant, direct, demanding, and a doer. Their buying method is they decide quickly. They prefer new and practical. Their personal decor, they have a large desk, awards, stuff. Their body language, big gestures, leans forward, always advancing. Their organizational methods, accessible, practical, not neat. Uh, Their energizing recharge, they need physical activity, competition. And their speech pattern, directive tones, abrupt, interrupting, always doing something. Welcome to the world of Mr. Black, right? I'm a D personality. So for the I, inspirational, influencing, interactive, interested in people, they decide things impulsively, from feeling, from appearance, where the D does it quickly, right? Prefers new and practical. See, the S decides slowly, prefers the traditional. The C decides cautiously prefers exceptional likes value. For the personal decor, I told you the D is is large desk, awards, useful accessories. But the I is flashy and trendy with fun pictures. The S has family pictures, personal momentums, where the C is aesthetically pleasing, unique, and functional. Body language, they all gesture different. Eyes are very expressive, friendly posture, amusing. S's have gentle gestures, reassuring, maybe arms crossed, where the C is unconventional, controlling gestures assessing. I mean you go for the wants, the strengths, the major fears, the stress reduction, under pressure each one responds differently and this is the power of seeing the patterns because if I can understand you a little bit better and you can understand me a little bit better, that allows us to be that element the element in a system with the most flexibility has the most power and my desire is for you to be that element. We'll be right back. Net. And by the way, Like It Matters Leadership Awakening Classes will continue. Check out the schedule at LikeItMatters.net as we build our training for those suffering from the challenges of poor mental health. God bless you. Welcome back to Living Life Like It Matters. Today on Like It Matters Radio, we're talking about patterns, we're talking about systems, and we're talking about being the change being the power that you want to be in that change you know the rule of requisite variety says that an element in a system with the most power is the one that has the most flexibility and part of what i want to do at like it matters is help you to be that system to be that powerful person and so before the break we were talking about the pattern of behavioral profiles psychometrics Right. And the thing with psychometrics is that it puts people in a category. It's not to pigeonhole people. It's not to put people in a box, but it's to understand. But whenever I'm dealing with psychometrics, I always tell people this is your behavior. This is how you show up. But you don't have to show up that way. You can change it. You can be different. But the one thing about the other patterns is they're not about behavior. They're not about things that you can change. Your fingerprints. Do you know you can't change your fingerprints? Do you realize that uh, when you were born, you were born with the same fingerprints you will have for the rest of your life? They never change. Matter of fact, every other line on your hands and your feet changes based on experience. But your fingerprints never change. If you were to lose a finger and it was to grow back, it would grow back with the same exact pattern. That it had before. Now, in your fingerprints, there are basically four b- different fingerprint patterns, technically three, and then the fourth one is ones that don't fit into everything else. You have the world, which denotes a self cognitive thinker, you have a loop, which denotes an effective thinker, and then you have an arc. Uh, It's a pattern that indicates a reflective thinker. Now, those are the three basic patterns. But there is a fourth pattern. You can call it accidental. You can call it composites. It's whatever does not fit into the other categories. And by the way, I can capture your fingerprints, send it to my scientists in India, and they can give me a 37-page printout of your brain. Yep. Why? Because I believe That the one print on your finger is the exact same pattern of the neural pathway in this corresponding lobe. Remember, in utero, from the 13th to 21st weeks, your fingerprints come in. At the same exact time, the lobes of your brain come in. I believe one is a duplicate, a photocopy of the other. Remember, you have the five lobes of the brain. What are they? Prefrontal, frontal, temporal, um, parietal, and occipital. And then you have the right side of the brain has one function. The left side of the brain has another function. And so depending on which finger, which pattern, that tells a lot about you. See, the world, like I said, denotes a self-cognitive thinker. Uh, They have a tendency to be inflexible, independent, self-conscious, individualistic, self-learner, someone who processes information inwardly. The cognitive thinker likes to be innovative and learn things on their own. Of my ten fingerprints, seven of them are whorls. That's me. Now, the loop denotes an effective thinker. These are types of loops called the ulnar and the falling loop. Characteristics revealed by the loop include flexibility and adaptability, learning by imitation, a, quote, go with the flow type of mentality. These are highly receptive to the ideas of others, impressionable, and a team player. The effective thinker is also very social, valuing relationships and others. And in that loops, there's something called a reverse thinker. And one of my, what is it, I think I have seven worlds. One of my three loops is what's called reverse thinking. This is interesting because the reverse thinker can often be critical, stubborn, argumentative, rebellious, and interest-driven. This person often prefers to make a quick decision without pondering. Now, it's interesting because 25 to 35% of people have worlds, but the number one is loops. 60 to 65 percent of people have loops and they're affected by their environment. Their environment matters uh, They're going to be affected by their environment So a good person in a bad environment becomes a bad person a bad person in a good environment Shows up like a good person got my point point? and so the art pattern indicates a reflective thinking Characteristics of the reflective thinker include someone who is full of infinite potential with a high absorption capacity, hardworking, pragmatic, honest, and possessing a genius potential. However, on the weakness side, the reflective thinker might be unsure and plagued by self-doubt, apprehensive of errors, in need of guidance to recognize and take advantage of possibilities and lacking sensibility. See, again, just based on fingerprint styles. People will show up different. But I told you when I take your fingerprints, I can give you a 37 page printout of your brain. Can I tell you why that matters? Because in that printout, will show everything. i will show your 10 innate uh, um, intelligences. Dr. Howard Gardner at Harvard University came up with something called multiple intelligences, and he identified eight, and now there's 10 ways that we're all smart. In your fingerprinting, I can actually identify those for you. But more importantly, I could show you what percentage that you process visually, auditorily, and kinesthetically. See, we all process through the senses. Your brain is a sensory based organ. So we all have three channels. We have the visual channel where we see things, we have the auditory channel where we hear things, and we have the kinesthetic channel where we experience things and or are emotionally involved with things. And we all process all three ways, but we have a favorite flavor. Usually we have a stronger one, a strength, and then we have a secondary one that's a not as strong but still pretty strong, and then a third one which is much weaker, what we call tertiary. Every once in a while someone has a pretty well balanced across visual, auditory, kinesthetic. But we all process all three three ways, but usually there's a weaker one and a stronger one. And so why does this matter? Because this tells you who you're dealing with. If you just listen to people and watch people, they will tell you their language. They will tell you if they process this world by seeing, they will tell you if they process this world by hearing, or they will tell you if they process this world by feeling and emotion. And this is important because how else are you going to communicate with them? If everybody that you were speaking to spoke Russian and you had no interpreter and you wanted people to understand you, I bet you would speak in Russian. If you were talking to a group of people from China and nobody spoke English and you had no interpreter and you wanted people to understand you, I bet you would speak Mandarin, right? The same thing, when you understand how people communicate, how they process information, this is secret information. See, this gives you the power, the information, to be that element. Remember, an element in a system with the most flexibility has the most power. This is you, be that element. So, for visual, visual people think primarily in a visual way, and they tend to use language that contains visual words if you just listen. They'll say things like, I get the picture. Let's put this into perspective. Uh, Hey, uh, let's, let's meet eye to eye. I can't get a clear understanding of what you're talking about. Right, so they talk in visual picture uh, words. Auditory people use auditory predicates. You just gotta listen to them, such as I hear what you say or it sounds good to me. Uh, uh, you gotta match these words. Like, hey, if I don't, let's. Uh, I'll give you a ring next week. Uh, things don't sound right to me. Right, they're talking in sounds. They do a lot of sound effects like I do. And then kinesthetic people, uh, they basically use words relating to feeling or touch. Very physical in their words. Uh, hey, uh, we're going getting to grips with the problem or things are going smoothly when you ask them how well they're doing they say hanging in there right so you can hear them, and it's not just in the words but if you just pay attention if you're aware of being unaware, you'll see it. The posture for the visual is straight, erect, head and shoulders up. For the auditory, it's more of a telephone posture. Head or body tilted slightly to the side. Stands with arms crossed. Kinesthetic usually has their, their, their bowed head, their curved shoulders down. Uh, tilts body forward when taking information. Breathing. A breathing for a visual high in the chest. Auditory's full range. Kinesthetic low in the abdomen. Voice tone speed volume. Well, the visual is high, clear, fast, and loud. The auditory is rhythmic, melodic, variable. The kinesthetic is low, airy, slow, soft, a little very wide right? So for a, while a visual's looking at you, they need to look at you to hear you. When you're talking to a visual, they need to see you to hear you. An auditory, though, doesn't need to look to listen. Matter of fact, it's probably harder for them to process if they're listening to you. So they might turn their ear to you so they can clearly hear you. And the kinesthetic, man, sometimes when they look at you, they screw everything up. They don't look to listen. They're processing their feelings. Would rather touch. They stand close enough to put a hand on you, and they can look down while you're talking. Don't think they're ignoring you. They are processing what you're saying. So ladies and gentlemen, I just want you to see That there are patterns all around us, and these patterns don't pigeonhole people. These patterns don't judge people. These patterns do one thing they give you power. Because an element in a system with the most flexibility has the most power. My goal for you today is for you to be that element. We'll be right back. Welcome back to living life like it matters today I'm challenging you to be that element an element in a system with the most flexibility has the most power. And I want to help you have that power. And so we've been talking about the patterns all around us because the key to life is to identify the patterns because it is the patterns in our life that are getting us what we're getting. And so I want to leave you with something that I um, found out a while ago. I've been doing intensive leadership training for 30 years, uh, and we are told to keep it simple, soldier. Be a great kisser. Uh, it's very easily, uh, easy to get confused. It's very easy to get off track. So keep it simple, soldier. And the human mind processes in chunks of information. Back in Dr. William Marston's time, it was seven plus or minus two. Uh, we are very short minded today compared to back then, but we were a lot maybe not intellectually smarter But we knew how to think how to process how to create uh, Through our mind way better in the olden days than we do today And so I want to leave you with a great pattern that I discovered a while back. It's called the leadership loop And what I tell people is leaders, you got to flex your pecs Because what's going on in this world uh, is scary You know, I've talked about the 100th monkey. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go to likeitmattersradio.com and uh, listen to the show called What Type of Monkey Are You? It's called Critical Mass. We're all leading people, whether we know it or not. We're either giving people permission, we're giving people an example, and we're creating a culture that allows people to be better or allows people to not be better. And so... uh, You got to understand the loops and the patterns because inside that pattern, if you can be the most flexible element that you're going to have the most power to me, that means impact. That means uh, significance. That means changing the world by changing lives one at a time. And so let's close this uh, um, podcast up with uh, what I call the leadership loop. There's three pieces in the leadership loop. Leaders, you got to flex your pecs. P, E, C. Permission, example, and culture and that is the key once you understand that then you can be the most powerful element in that system peace about permission ladies and gentlemen we give people permission through our actions you gotta get this unless you're a hypocrite and a hypocrite's motto is do as i say not as i do but if you're a leader living your life like it matters then you want people to watch you and to duplicate you. Just like Paul in the New Testament. Watch me. What I do, you do. That's what Christ said to us. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. In other words, what I do, you do. I'm your example. And ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to the E. Example. A picture is worth a thousand words. And you've heard me say this before. If you listen to me for any length of time, the typical human being speaks at 120 to 150 words per minute. I get to 180. So one picture of love or respect or non-love or non-respect is greater value than six to eight minutes of non-stop dialogue. I love you. 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 I respect you. I respect you. I respect you. Words are nothing more than a whole bunch of letters put together without the energy to back them up. People need an example. And then the C's for cultures. A series of repeated events, acceptable behavior, norms. Why do I get the change that I get in 40 hours? Why do I do the impossible in my leadership awakening? And if you don't know what I'm talking about, wow, you've been missing something. Go to likeitmatters.net and read how in 40 hours I can change your life forever by showing you the toolbox that you were always created with. And in that 48 hours, lives change. And part of the reason why I get so much done in such a short period of time is I create a culture. Yeah, environment. Remember, the study of epigenetics teaches us that we are a community of 300 trillion cells, all driven by our environment. You got to get this. And so once you understand that, that allows you to have flexibility. That gives you more power. And so, ladies and gentlemen, why does all this matter Because one thing I learned about human beings a long time ago is we are creatures of habit. There are patterns all around us. And why? Because we're unconscious creatures. We only use 3 to 5% of our brain consciously. A majority of our experience on this planet is at the unconscious level. And so we get in these ruts. We get in these autopilots. And so the things I call HR 101. Certain things, I've walked intimately with 15,000 people. And certain things are true across the board when you're dealing with human beings. I call them H.R. 101. You know, one of them is you'll never rise above the quality of the people you hang out with. Parents, you know this. You don't want your kids hanging around with kids that are doing bad things because you know that those things that the bad kids are doing are going to affect your good kid. And then it's going to start doing those bad things. Right. You know that you'll never rise above the quality of the people you hang out with. Uh, Here's another one. Hurting people hurt people. I don't care what you want, you can ban all the guns you want, uh, but if you're going to take me out, I'd rather you put a bullet in my head than chop me up. So if you're going to ban guns, you better ban knives. And nowadays, they take vehicles and drive them down the streets and kill people. So you should uh, go ahead and do that. I heard someone poisoning someone with Visine. So you might want to get rid of Visine. I heard of people uh, giving uh, people, without them knowing it, uh, radiator uh, uh, antifreeze to drink, and it kills them. So you might want to ban that. So you can ban all the things you want. At some point, you are got to start dealing with the issue. The issue is hurting people hurt people. Instead of banning stuff. Maybe we should invest in people and help them heal from their hurt because it's a choice. But most people on autopilot, they take their pain and they use it to hurt other people. They take their pain and it makes them bitter. But in conscious control, you can take that pain and use it to make you better. You could actually use your hurt, your pain as an understanding, as a way, a street cred to help other people. So you got to realize these are certain patterns all around there. One of the greatest patterns out there is that any behavior reinforced with a positive outcome will repeat itself. Our pets know that. Our horses know that. Our children know that. Any behavior reinforced with a positive outcome will repeat it. And this is the pattern I think most people have forgotten. Because we are allowing things today. Remember culture? Permission. Example culture. So look at what we have permission to do today. If you don't agree with someone, you can cancel them, you can destroy them. If you can prove they're evil, that they're uh, deplorable, if you can prove, that if you can make people think that they're insurrectionists, if you can make the people believe that they're a flat earther, then you can destroy them. You could be mean to them. It's what the white people did to black people at the founding of this country, right? The black people were slaves, they were less than human. So the media put out there that black people are angry, they're violent, they're going to rape your teenage daughters, they're going to steal from you, right? And so that happened to all the racism that we experienced for hundreds of years, right? we got to realize any behavior reinforced with a positive outcome will repeat itself. What do you mean by that, Black? Well, in Mon- Montgomery County, Maryland, schools welcome students back to campus this school year without officers. First time in 20 years since 2002. What happened? Instead of police officers, they had community engagement officers who patrolled areas near the schools. In the first four months of class, you ready for this? A staggering 1,700 calls, 911 calls were made because no police officers were there. All in all, this is what they had. 102 sexual assaults, 87 assaults, 82 school threats, 76 controlled substance incidents. Incidents, 57 weapons related incidents, 57 conflicts, 35 mental health incidents, 28 property crimes and four robberies between August and February in the school. How about this? Chicago, right? Lori Lightfoot, right? She blames all the carjacking. Carjackings are up like 200 percent. You know why? They're on teenagers. She says because the pandemic, these kids are at home and what they're doing is robbing people, stealing cars at gunpoint. See, because that's acceptable behavior. Permission example culture and now we're reward remember George Floyd uh, is committing crimes and a cop treats him poorly and winds up taking his life and we could debate on why it happened to how it happened but because of that now how many black people uh, have ran for cops and got killed and their families got multi-million dollar payouts but there's still anger and street and bitterness right how about this a group of middle schoolers attacked a high school coach who asked them to stop doing donuts with their bikes in the area They were a bunch of, you know, 12 years old, 13 years old, 14 years old. And a high school coach, a big coach, told them stop doing that. And they all attacked and filmed it and put it on Facebook. We're teaching hatred. We're teaching victimhood. We're teaching that all white people are persecutors. And that all black people are victims. And that America is racist. And they hate black people. And black people are victims, treated unfairly. And every system called America is against them. Ladies and gentlemen, any behavior reinforced with a positive outcome will repeat itself. This is why we need to change. We need to know who we are. We need to know why we're here. We need to know what we're here for. We need to ask those questions. If today was my last day on this planet, did it matter one bit that I was given the gift of life? we got to begin with the end in mind. To take our look at our life from the grave and ask ourselves, what do we need to accomplish while we're alive? So that when we're dead, people will tell great stories about the impact we had. This is why I do what I do. This is why you should go to likeitmatters.net. So you can be the best version of yourself. This is why I do life candy work. This is why I send the word of God out each day at uh, wayofwarrior.blog. Let me help you maximize the potentials you were created with. That's why when you live your life like it matters. It does. Until next week, remember, when you live your life like it matters, it does. You have been listening to Mr. Black, Master Trainer for Like It Matters. Please find us on Facebook by searching LIM Radio. Make sure to follow us, like our posts, and share with others. Also, search YouTube for Like It Matters. Be sure to like and subscribe to our channel. And for more information on how we can help you live life like it matters, go to likeitmatters.net where you can find more information on our transformational training, our life coaching, counseling, our radio show, and other ways we help you continue the journey of living life like it matters.